In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, please be seated. Wherever Jesus goes, he is always teaching. When the Magi visit him in Bethlehem, bringing him honor and gifts, he teaches them about the true king of the Jews, who also is a spiritual king of both the Jew and the Gentile. The Magi's return home another way, not only to avoid being sought by Herod's ilk, but also another capital W way. They return home in Christ, believing he is the one sent to reconcile sinners to our Heavenly Father. Whether Jesus is a toddler, a tweener, or an adult, he's always teaching. St. Luke tells us today, as Mary and Joseph were returning to Nazareth, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. A day's journey, by the way, is about 20 miles in biblical time, so If they took off toward the west from here, they ended up around Sauk City and realized, where's our son? So they had to go turn around and look for him. Uh, What is Jesus trying to teach them by pulling a stunt like this? He should be obedient to his parents, as it says in the fourth commandment. Honor your father and your mother. And there's a promise that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Beloved, he is obedient to his parents. And there's much more to say about that. But that is for another sermon. Right now, our Savior is missing. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Now think about this. Did Mary and Joseph find Jesus? Or was it the other way around? A clue showing us that it was the other way around, that Jesus drew his parents to himself, is when Mary scolds him. Son, why have you treated us so? Mary, for a moment, supposes that Jesus is like any other 12-year-old. And he is like any other 12-year-old, except without sin. And so Jesus says to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Before Jesus allows himself to go back to Nazareth with his parents, both Mary and Joseph hear Jesus listening and talking to the teachers. Mind you, Jesus, 12 years of age, is not only listening to what the teachers are teaching, he is also teaching the teachers. Go ahead, try that in school. See what happens when you, 12-year-old you, starts teaching the teachers. Usually that meant a note home from the teacher. Will you please tell your child to stop correcting me in class? Save it for when nobody else is here and it's just you and me and then you can tell me where I messed up. Now, this conversation that Jesus has with the teachers, it really must have been quite a lively back-and-forth conversation. And what must they have thought about this young boy, nearly confirmation age in our way of thinking, asking questions about what they are teaching? Usually, a confirmation class tends to just kind of sit there and listen. But this, not this class. 
Not this class. Perhaps our Savior even was as bold as to correct or clarify what the teachers were teaching that day. So no matter our Savior's age, no matter where he is or what he is doing, he is always teaching. Did the teachers, though, have ears to hear Christ's teaching? How about you and me? Do we have ears to hear what he says to us in his word? Or are we like those of old who said children should be seen and not heard? Most of us grew up believing that was true. And the only time you ever talked to as a child was when an adult got down at your level and said, and what do you want to be when you grow up? And that usually went down a nice long road. Imagine what it was like when I told them as a child, either a game show host or a minister. It's usually when my parents grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and put me behind them. Children were allowed to be present around adults, but they were taught not to say anything. They are to be listeners. Children of all age still remain listeners, beloved, because the good Lord gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Yet, if children are not to be, are to be seen and not heard, how does that jibe with King David's words in Psalm 8? Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. Children teach us in many ways. As a parent, I am always learning something from one or all of my children, especially about what it means to be their father. As a pastor, I am always learning something, not just from the confirmation age children, especially when I teach them about spiritual maturity in Christ, but also from adults like you. You help teach me. And even the little children of our preschool teach me. Just a few weeks ago, one of the little children of our preschool was having a bad day. And they were brought into the study. Usually when you think a child is brought into the pastor's study, it's going to be some hellfire and brimstone to a three-year-old. Not that day. Instead, Mr. Eric looks at me and the child and says, Would you like to pray with pastor? And that's exactly what she said. Yeah. And so we prayed. And it was a better day. For her? For me too. An almost three-year-old child taught me that day that When a child comes to the pastor's study, it's not going to be for scolding. It's going to be for holy conversation with our Heavenly Father. Here's another old saying for you. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's not the case. And blessed Martin Luther knew that wasn't the case. In the preface to his large catechism, which is the teacher's addition to the small catechism, Dr. Luther writes about how every day he, he who wrote the small catechism, the distillation of Holy Scripture into what's called the layman's Bible, he, the author of the small catechism, still went back to the book every day like a child and learned it anew. 
But if it is so that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, could that have raced through the minds of the teachers listening to Jesus talk to them? Could it race through our minds as well? Am I so stuck in my ways that I am unwilling to be taught something new from Holy Scripture? Now, like Mary and Joseph, beloved, we walk through the city of life looking to answers to questions that we carry. We might conclude that there is no need for salvation because there is nothing of which we need to be saved. We might call ourselves Christians that we may never even pick up the Bible to read it and contemplate it because you figure out really quick if you want to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation that you get to about Leviticus and you're ready to throw the book against the wall because it doesn't read like a novel or like a nonfiction book. There's a plot to the scriptures, but you got to do a lot of jumping around to find the plot. And you get really sick of it after a while. We could search the world over for answers to questions that we carry and never find the answers. It's enough to make a person stop looking and embrace the first thing they see as their God just to get the whole thing over with. That's the time when Jesus finds us. Jesus finds us by leading us through the game of reverse hide-and-seek that we call life, ultimately taking us to where he is, his father's house. Where his father's message of reconciliation through the blood of Jesus is proclaimed. When you were a child, you were led by your parents. They showed you the way until you gained confidence to show yourself around. But this time, it's a little child who grabs you by the hand and leads you through life. And he doesn't let go. And there are times when we let go. Sometimes for very brief moments... Sometimes for most of a person's life, we let go and say, I always knew the way myself. But he never let you go. And when you stray, he goes more than a day's journey. He will always be there. He's relentless when you go astray, finding you. Not because... He's going to give you a scolding, or as we say back in Southern Illinois, a licking, because you deserve it. But because he loves you, and he wants you back in his, in his father's house. He wants you back because he knows that this is the place where all the good things are. When you get away from Jesus for a while, you'll discover that as much as you want to push him into the background or even shove him out of your life, he's still going to be there. Not as a nagging parent, not as a life coach cheering you on to try to find him. He's there. He's there in his preached word. He's there when the pastor comes into your midst to forgive your sins, whether it's from this pulpit or right before this altar. He's there with water and the word, like yesterday. We had two young people baptized. One of the two, the little girl that I talked about a few moments ago, Harper, was baptized yesterday. 
He's here. Under bread and wine, with his word, shown for us to be as precious body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins and the strengthening of your faith. Try as you might, fast as you can, perverse and foolish, off you strayed. Jesus will find you. And when he does, he will put your hand in his hand again because he loves you. And he tells you, stay close to me. I am your rock and castle. That's what he told Harper Ann and Jackson James yesterday morning as they were baptized. Jesus found them. And if you know how an almost three-year-old likes to move around, you might think that they're a moving target. Jesus finds them. He's relentless because he loves them. Brought them with him yesterday into the light of eternal life. Jesus today flips the script. For children should be seen and heard. When I hear noises like that, it doesn't bother me. They're the church, you see. They're the church. And Jesus has found them, just like he's found you. He found you and brought you here tonight. Probably kicking and screaming. And even pastors have to suffer that sometimes, too. And you can teach an old dog new tricks. All the worn-out sayings are made new and true in Christ. Today, our Savior brings you as close to him as you can get this side of paradise. He teaches you anew the wonders of his love and the richness of his mercy that transcends time and space. For today, Jesus, at the age of 12, is in his Father's house, hard at work, handing over the gifts of forgiveness of sins and eternal life. We mean it when we sing that hymn, Lord, take my hand and lead me upon life's way. That's exactly what he does. And he brought you here tonight. Brought me too. That we may be receivers. Receivers of his blessed salvation. The son has made his home here. And his children are brought to see him. And he gives. Abundantly. And with joy. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.